Did you start it? Yep, yep, it's right. it's going. Okay, I just but gotta, but I got to moisturize my lips. I know, <laughs> I know you can't start talking yet because you got to put on your candy cane chapstick, yeah, Dave. Maybe. I just got a three pack. You got a th- where? You got a three pack. I did, yeah. I thought it was a two pack. I saw it on Instagram. Oh, one. I took one out already. Oh, yeah. So it was three. Why do you? So is that your favorite flavor? <laughs> Not that I eat it, but yes. So your favorite? Okay, so just yeah. so every well. Well, listen, at least you're honest. Uh-huh. We all know now that, well, at least, you know, we all know that your favorite flavor of chapstick is now candy cane. Yes. Has it always been, like, when did you discover that that was your favorite? Exactly. Um, the first time I had it, I guess, which was probably about maybe five years ago. Five years? Like, so what, like, I got to ask, like, what made you... Like you were just as oh man I mean, oh no no no, <laughs> like, no man, you know what I need in my life no, some candy cane no, on my lips <laughs> I need it was uh, it was right after Christmas had passed you know they're they're a seasonal thing um, and my <laughs> sister had some and she I needed a chapstick and she had like a whole bunch and she gave me one and I like the way I'm gonna be I'm not gonna lie to you I like the way it burns. Burns a little bit. You like the way it burns. Yeah, it burns a little like, bit. Like like Listerine, like yeah, because yeah. like because I like when Listerine like burns my gums because yeah. I feel like okay, it's like that. Yeah, okay. and um, you know, I, I abandoned cherry. Do, <laughs> do you feel like now you just like like do you like candy canes themselves? I feel like I've never liked candy. Yeah, canes. they're okay. I mean, I feel like candy canes are a little inconvenient. They are inconvenient. They're messy. Yeah, and you can't really carry them anyway. You can't really put in your pocket because then it breaks. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like candy canes. You know, that we don't, you know, I don't really typically eat candy canes. But do you feel like now that you've been using the candy cane chapstick, do you feel like now when you see a candy cane, it's like, oh, like, been there, done that. Like, I have this stuff on my lips all the time. I'm no, kind of over I, it. Or do you? I, no. No. I, you know, I usually, no. No? So you, you don't? Okay. No. Right. I was just, just curious. No, I have a, shut up. You know what? <laughs> You know still. Well, I think something that's even more interesting um, that I just found out today. I don't know how the conversation actually started, but either. you told me that when you were fifteen, <clears throat> you you did a you wrote up a sermon at your at at, at the church you were going to, yes. and then you had to actually read it out. I did yeah. to hundreds of people, mm-hmm. and you were, and I'm sure everyone was. Thinking what I would have been thinking, like, what's that fat kid doing up there yeah, doing this sermon? Like, yeah, the yeah. Um, yeah, that was back when I was 15. Uh, I went to church on the regular with my grandma. Uh, you know, made her happy when I went. So I went. I paid my dues. I think everybody pays their dues. Is, I don't mean to interrupt. Is this your yeah, tissue? That's just water, though. Oh, so, okay. Can I just move it over? Uh, okay. Does yeah. the tissue, it's like uh, right in my. Well, you know, if make sure. I'm going to keep it over here in case you spit another piece of rice onto me. Okay. Know, because you've done that two times now. Okay. Well, I hope you still keep it over there just in case you start crying because. I have to look at you. There is a mirror in here and you see how fucking ugly you are and you start crying. <sighs> anyway, so yeah, I had to do a, a sermon. I don't remember what it was on. But, you know, I had to write it and go up onto this fucking podium. How long did you have to prepare for that? I had some time. I had, some a time. Couple, I had a couple weeks to write it up. But I didn't get any help. I had to write it myself. Was there a criteria for that? Like, oh, you got to pick this part of the, the Bible or? No. No? No, I don't think so. I mean, you know what? Maybe. Maybe. It was probably related to whatever the you were minister was talking about that okay. day, instead of just some, like, obscure topic that had nothing to do with anything. Okay. 
that he was currently on, you know, on track with. Right. Um, <laughs> but I had to, you know, write up a sermon and practice speaking it. Cause at the time, you know, I was 15. I didn't do any public speaking. I pretty much just stayed in my room. There was no, likewise, nobody to talk to in there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was, I was super duper nervous. Like now I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a single shit about right. talking in front of a bunch of people. Um, but I had to write up a sermon. I had to write it up myself. Couldn't get any help from anyone really. See, you kind of had to figure it out. It sounds yeah. like. And then I had to go up on this podium in front of this entire church. You didn't know any, you, you know, I knew, I mean, you know, I, I'd been going there for a long time. It's not like I was like an unknown face. Yes. But right. Ultimately. I mean, I only knew a few people out there personally. Um, I wish I could there was see that a lot this. of people in there. It's a big church. Said, I think you told me there was like two floors. There's two floors. Yeah. It's, it's in Queens. There's two floors. You know, there's the first floor, which, you know, has like all the, you know, looks like a typical church. With right. Like all the benches and crap. Right. And then the second floor is just more. It's just, <laughs> just more. It's like, a, it's like a concert hall. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like a football yeah. stadium. It's like, I mean. uh, I'm trying to think of like what's a good venue um, that has just as like a second floor, but like not as much. Kind of like, where we go to the Paramount in Huntington? Is yeah. Is there like a second floor like that? Yeah, yeah. it's like that. Uh, it was pretty terrifying. Um, I went up there, you know, did my, my sermon. I can't tell you what the hell it was about. <laughs> I was just kidding. Not a single clue. I could sit here and think forever. I, you'll never get it. I have no idea. Okay. Um, and then I finished my sermon and nobody left. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then when everybody, all the other kids in my confirmation class, all three, I think that's three of us. So wait a minute. No one clapped. No, nobody clapped. Was that because you were... Because what you were saying didn't make sense, or that were they not supposed to clap? I, I think maybe it was that they they didn't know they were supposed to clap, but they clapped for everybody else. Yeah, I know. So, but I thought maybe they also didn't know I was done because I was also the first person to go. Okay, so I feel like maybe they were like, right. so you kind of warmed up the crowd. You yes. were you were kind of the sacrificial I one was, for yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Um, it was, it was an interesting experience. You probably went and wait order. from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a piece of shit. Um, or ugliest first. Yeah. Or palest first yes. or whatever. But yeah, so it was, uh, it was a pretty interesting experience. So you kind of, you kind of went, so you, you really had to bear, like kind of bury your face in the books and you kind of had to figure this out. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I know. Yes, but yeah, I did, and it was it was a topic that I really wasn't very interested in. You know, I'm not a, not I'm not very religious. Um, not to say that there's anything wrong with religion, but it's yeah, like, you right. know, I mean, I'm, it's not, I like video games. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and working that, out that that is your religion. Like games, I like games and working out. That, like, yeah, there you go. That is a religion but, in, uh, in and of itself. But yeah, I did have to you know stick my face in the Bible and figure stuff out. It was okay. hard. I remember it being really challenging. No, of course, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's definitely a craft. Yeah. Um, for I thought sure. about it. I'm like. Minister does this every single week. Because I, I think I think the hard part with the sermons is, <laughs> I think the hard part with the sermons is, uh, it I, is the relevance component of it. Mm -hmm. I think because not only does it have to be, I guess, related to religion, uh, but it also has to be, I guess, relevant to what's maybe either going on at the time, outs outside of the church, or maybe something that's going on within the church. Yeah, uh, you know, some type of. A lesson that they're trying to, I guess, bestow upon yeah. the audience. There definitely was an outline of some variety, right. but I, I just can't tell you what it was. I mean, it was 16 years ago. Um, so yeah, there's that. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about this all the time um, in the gym, 
And I think it's one of the reasons why uh, I think that we're kind of the outlier um, in the area. I think there's now, I counted 22 gyms now in a five mile radius. Is that including uh, big box? Yeah. That's okay. inclu- yeah. So I think that's what kind of makes us like an outlier because we really, we kind of, what you did with the sermon, we kind of figure everything out on our own and we're, we're a big, we're a big um, proponents of do it yourself. Yeah. Well, in our case, do it your fucking self. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not, <laughs> DIY it's not vulgar. How serious is it? Not just DIY, but DIY FS. Do it your fucking self. Um, I think that's kind of – and I think that's kind of what really uh, makes us different because um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you know, we, we talk about it all the time. You know, A lot of people, when they open up a gym – uh, you know, this is what they do. They they look at the market, like, okay, this is what's quote unquote selling. This is what's popular, mm-hmm. and um, you know, this is what I'm going to do as an owner, so I can kind of follow the trend, right? Mm-hmm. Or I need five or six partners to come on board with me because I I'm afraid to maybe figure all of this out on my own. Right. And I'm and then not only am I having these five or six people come on board with me, but now I'm also outsourcing every single thing that I do within the gym. So um, when it comes to marketing, I hire an agency. When it comes to my website development, I'm hiring a service uh, for that. Um, The build out, the merchandise, um, if I'm selling any, creating a logo, the content, um, it doesn't really come from coming it's not coming from uh the source yeah uh in other words the what i mean like the source is like the person that's starting the gym yeah this this thing this facility this space whatever you want to call it um and i think that's kind of why when people come here they're like yeah this is definitely very different and i think a, a lot of people have a hard time explaining to other people what this what goes on in here? Because it's not just working out. Um, Wait a minute. It's not? No. Right. Oh. You know, th- there's there's art going – there's art occurring in here. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but there's conversation that's going on. There's creativity that's happening, whether that's the photography, the videography, uh, the artwork that we, that, we're, that we hung up, the way that people are helping us, including the clientele. Mm-hmm. They're helping us create some of the workouts, which I think is really, really cool. But uh, uh, leave that on the side. I my training philosophy, I think, can kind of be summed up. I I, I love this quote. Um, it's give a man a fish, and you feed him for a day. Teach a man how to fish. And you feed him for a lifetime. And that's from Mia Mia Mayanides. I think that's how you say it. Well, Mia would be M-I-A. Oh, Mayanides. There we go. There you go. (laughs) There we go. Mayanides. Thank you. Um, And that's kind of a big part of my training philosophy because, you know, I, I think that there's a big misconception when you sign up with a trainer. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. My trainer is going to have all the weights out ready for me. He's going to literally do every single thing for me, minus the exercise. And listen, that's part of it. 
But I think I do think there's a part of this that is ignored because if I don't teach my client or the trainee or whatever how to do certain things on their own, then when they're when I'm not around or when they're on their own working out, they're going to be they're going to be clueless and they're not going to know what to do. Right. So, you know, if let's say we're doing uh, deadlifts or we're doing barbell work. I'm not just going to have the barbell ready for them and say, okay, we're going to deadlift today. I'm going to say, no, 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 hold on. Let's show you how to set the barbell up. Let's show you how to take the barbell out of the, the holster in the back. Which is unfortunate that we have to show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, it definitely is. Let's show you how to put the weight on the actual barbell. Let's show you how to put the clamps on there. Let's show you how to set up properly. Let's show you how, how to figure out how much weight you have to put on the bar. So then they get to do it themselves. And there's this self-reliance component mm -hmm. as opposed to an over-dependence on the trainer. Um, and that, I think, is a big part of my training philosophy. But aside from the clients, um, I kind of wanted to talk about the the, the build out, the, the build out. Um, what are you laughing at? A little bit. No, I'm thinking about the build out and how, you know, it was a fucking. It almost killed me and my wife and everyone else that was um, mm -hmm. involved. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, do you remember? I mean, between the deliveries, um, not coming in because. Oh the, man! Don't the, even get me started yeah, on those deliveries. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you did. Yeah. So, like, you remember that time? I think it was the day – I don't remember what day it was, but it was – we were almost done over here. And Ugh. I was waiting at the old studio for, like, you know, a couple hours waiting for the ski erks to come in because we had gotten a couple more. And I was waiting, and a ski erk came. Awesome. Yep. And then the other one, it still hasn't come. Yeah, it still hasn't come. <laughs> yeah, and it's been almost and three years. We, uh, yeah. And then – didn't you say that like the guy like he like just quit? So this is what happened. So it said it was on its way. So what happened was what we what we were trying to do is we were trying to have the old studio running like you were pretty much running it, and then I was over here at the current studio building it out. You know, putting everything in the mats, the equipment, painting, blah blah blah. All but you know, um, I was doing that while you were running the other gym. So the idea was okay. When all the deliveries go to that address, we'll just we'll just bring it over here with us because we couldn't ship it here because the space didn't technically exist and they the, the you know there was a whole mailing thing and mm -hmm. it was it was a logistical uh, issue. Yeah. Um, so what happened was the equipment was supposedly on its way, doesn't show up, but it says it's on its way. Wait another day, it says it's on its way. It says it was delivered. It wasn't delivered. I call them up. They can't give me an explanation. Then finally they had told me that the man that was supposed to deliver a ski erg. Now, for those of you that don't know what a ski erg is, ski erg is about – how tall is that machine? Six feet tall? No, more. No, it's about eight. Eight feet tall. It's a big package. Yeah. So it's not like they're like, oh, well – it's not, it's not like he lost. Well, first they were trying to tell me that he lost it. But what actually happened, I found out was, because I got a hold of the manager, uh, what ended up happening was 
the man had quit halfway in the middle of his shift shift and just abandoned the truck. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck is this? So the guy just abandoned the fucking truck. And that was it. So they reconciled everything. We got we got the skier. Uh, but it was a different one. But it was late. But you know, whatever. I Fuck the, me. I don't know where the other one is. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably in someone's basement who took it. You know? Wait, but let me ask you a question. Yeah. You know how we had four machines, uh, four of each machine when we started here, right? Or was it three? Three. Three. Okay. Because I know that there's the one skier over there that I know you still lose sleep over. Well, yeah, because the yeah because the logo is upside yeah. down. Now I don't that's, know how that happened. Now that's not the one that came at the time, right? That I don't the, think. I so. think that was the last one we ever got. The last yeah. one we ever got. If you look at the logo in the front, it's different. So whatever one that is, okay, it's that. One. Okay, okay. I believe. I believe anyway. Um, I think. Um, yeah. So that was a. So so yeah. So show. there was that issue, but then. We had this. We had this, and you know, the the build out of the of the first gym was was a nightmare. Also, because the big problem with that was, you know, I emptied out my bank account. Um, that was scary, and I didn't even have mats down in the space. I had plywood because I couldn't afford uh, the mats. So what did I have to do? I had to go to Home Depot. Um, I think I went with Mike Falcone actually. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we went Mike Falcone and he parked on the sidewalk and caused a big traffic jam because we were unloading the plywood <laughs> into the gym. He just parked right on Noir Park Road. Yeah, he literally <laughs> just yeah. He literally just parked. Yeah, he literally, did the same thing yeah. when we were moving here. Yeah, exactly. And and I and Mike, I thank you for that. I, I will never forget that. And we were he pretty much was telling everyone to go fuck themselves because that sounds about right. And nothing happened. I'm surprised we didn't get like a you know. I mean, it's not like you, it's not like your the, the truck was off. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you would have gotten a ticket. Yeah, probably. so we were unloading like I don't know what it was. It was like a it was a lot of plywood, mm-hmm. and it was heavy. So then I had to lay that down, mm-hmm. right? Um, then I had a paint, um, and then we didn't at that point. That was the white with the black stripe. Yeah, and then yeah, oh god, and then we didn't really even have any uh, equipment uh, at that point. Um, at all, we had no equipment. But um, you know, moving the stuff, we did it ourselves. Laying the floor down, we did it ourselves. Um, then when we came here, um, I said to my wife, and God bless her soul, and I, I think I even said to you, I'm like, look, like our lease is up at the old place. Um, the lease starts at this place. I have to get this done in a month by myself. We had – it was it completely by myself, but for the most part, um, it was because mm-hmm. there were certain things – you know, there were certain things that I couldn't do um, just because I didn't have the expertise. I didn't want to, you know, ruin the space. Uh, we did have some help with some other people um, that I – you know, I, they, they were great. Um, and, you know, DIY – you know, do-it-yourself is, you know, not that you never ask for help. But when we talk about do-it-yourself, when I, when I talk about it, it's like, look, like – Maybe try figuring it out on your own. So then you develop an appreciation for the craft, you uh, the process, and, and not just the process, but you now are not dependent on others, which means now you can work on your schedule. You're in more control 
of what you need to get done. Yeah, instead of having to be present from, you know, oh, we're going to show up from yeah. 11 to 8. Exactly. Anywhere in there. Yeah, because, like, I'm going to be honest with you. You tell any – look, when you give someone an unrealistic timeline, which that was, getting it done in a month, they're going to tell you to go fuck yourself or they're going to beat you over the head with the absurd price. And then they're probably not even going to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I know you said – did you have somebody and, come and paint that wall over there? Yeah. And I helped. <laughs> I like and Gladly. Yeah, and I and I gladly helped. And um, you know, the 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 I said to myself, look, this is this is a ridiculous thing. I have to get this done by myself because the people that are helping me, they're not gonna stay here until three, four in the morning, which is what I was literally doing from you know, two in the morning, three in the morning. I was literally doing that for almost a month. Mm -hmm. straight while doing hours at the old space. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so look, I'm not expecting, I would never expect anyone to do that for me either. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, look, like I know I can do this. So fuck it. I'm going to do it. I laid the mats down. Uh, we painted, I broke down all the racks. I put them back together and I, we, you know, your uh, UV and Paul, uh, we brought all the, all the dumbbells, all the plates, all the barbells, we put the desk together, the, the credenza. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a good, fine, fine moment. Yeah. So, and in doing that, instead of having someone else do that, what happens is when shit happens, you know how to fix it. So instead of waiting for the other, for whoever to come and fix the thing, you already know how to do it mm -hmm. because you did it yourself. And, uh, you know. Well, you want to take a look at some things. Real quick, I have a lot of things racking around in my brain. Things that needed to be done that you didn't do yourself. Okay. And and, and how well that went. Okay. I have a couple ideas. Um, I'm thinking about the sign. I think we talked about the sign, but I don't think we talked about the stronghold logo that's on the okay, wall. Well, those are Did two we... things that I'm already thinking about. Okay. Yeah, the stronghold logo. You want to tell about uh yeah what, what happened with the with the logo? Okay, there? so now, this obviously I couldn't do myself because this takes some craftsmanship. So what we did was um, we wanted to get the logo, the Stronghold logo, on a, essentially what I wanted originally was a piece like of, of metal. Uh, but that was too heavy for the wall. So we got like a piece of vinyl, I think that is. And, um, you know, I measured it out, had the dimensions set, and it was supposed to have a, a like an aluminum finish on the front of it, right? And uh, so I sent in the schematics, they proofed it, they sent me back a proof, okay, no problem, looks great. Guy comes in, um, it's the wrong size. And, you know, not only is it the wrong size, but the, um, not only is it the wrong size, but it's white. It's supposed <laughs> to be like brushed aluminum. So I'm looking at the fucking guy and I'm like, dude, this isn't the right size. He goes, what do you mean? Yeah, it is. I go, no, look, get your tape measure out. I, I don't even have to measure it. And I can tell. I'm like, look, this is what you promised me. And this is what I got. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Brings it, brings it back. Right. Comes in. I got to wait now. Comes in. Right. Brings it in. And uh, drops it on the fucking floor. Dents it. 
I think we talked about this on the Do Your Job podcast. Yes. I well, Did we talk about this one or the sign-outs? Maybe we talked I about both. I think we both. might have talked about both. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But whatever. You know. But so, so like that, you know, that happened. And not to make this like the Do Your Job part podcast, but, you know, if I was able to do that myself, I could have saved myself a lot of fucking aggravation That's and time and money by not having to do that. Yeah. Right. And I don't know, maybe I'm a control freak. Maybe that's another reason why I I do this. But I know with you, another great thing is, look, like we do a lot of work on machines here, mm-hmm. meaning the rower, the skier, the bike. Like we have over 10 million meters on each rower, probably the same for the skier. Again, who knows on the bike? No way to tell. Yeah. No, but every time they break, we know how to fix them. Yeah. Because what happened when the Schwinn down there broke? Yeah. And we had to bring it to a bike shop. Oh, my God. Oh, you didn't even remember that. Oh, yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> it, was it, was the same, it was the same fucking story. But then, you know what happens? Not only do you understand how to fix it, but then you build up an appreciation for the thing. Yeah. And I feel like there's a, there's a detachment. People aren't like almost like they're not attached to the thing because they've never worked on it before, right? Well, like that with their cars. Yeah, like exactly. So it's like these people that really, you know, they're really into their cars and, you know, they're they're doing all the work on them. And I'm not, you know, listen, I'm not just saying go and start working on your car because, you know, stuff can happen. But yeah, I don't know what the hell I'd be doing. <laughs> maybe take the time to actually – let's take the car for example. Take the time to actually understand how the car works. Then when you go to the mechanic, you actually now have a mutual appreciation for what's going on. Because a lot of the time, I think where the arguments happen when you're going with a service-based business or even when you're purchasing something, it's like that price is too high. Well, wait, maybe it is, but maybe it's because you don't understand it because you've never done the thing before. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because think about how long it takes to maybe repair those machines or maybe how long it took to craft that thing that we have um, on the wall. Mm-hmm. Now you see the price tag. Maybe you did it yourself and then you see the price tag. Like, oh, like, yeah, that makes sense. Cause I know what it takes to do that, that thing. And I think the same thing happens with training. I don't think people realize, oh, maybe the price tag is so high. And listen, I, I could be the first to tell you most trainers are overpriced. I can tell you right now, but yeah, most of that money doesn't even go to those trainers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But they don't realize like, the, the craft that goes behind this. But if you show the client or the trainee, hey, look, this is what you do with your nutrition at home. This is how you do it yourself. This is how you do exercise programming on your home at, at home. This is how you do it yourself. Then when they come in and they see what's going on, again, there's this, this mutual understanding. It's like, wow, now I get where my trainer's coming from. This is why he gets pissed off at me when I don't do A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. This is why he's so hard on me. This is why – because he's doing the thing. He's done it, right? And, you know, I mean, even going with – I mean, even if not, – not fitness, like any type of craft, like, uh, like again, like being a mechanic for a car, music. Yeah, anything. I mean, look at like – look at uh, Andrew with the, with the photos, 
Oh yeah. He he'll he'll post a, he'll, he'll show a one good photo, but there's 10,000 10, other photos that he hated and they exactly. didn't see the light of day. Exactly. And you know what I think people don't do enough of? They like, okay, I'm I'm asking for the service, right? Okay, like I need you to do this for me. When I do that, I'm like, wait, wait, I want to see how it works. Not because I don't think the person it's not and I'm not doing it out of I don't think this person knows what they're doing. I'm like, I actually want to understand this. Mm-hmm. So when we have a discussion, we're on the same page. So we're not so like with Andrew, I was like, yo, how does how does the camera work? And then he started explaining. This is ISO. Uh, this is the, there's ISO, there's shutter speed, there's aperture, there's all these different things. And then like Photoshop, this is how Photoshop works with the video. This is how video. So now when I want to make a request to him, it's not outside because like, like if I don't understand how it works, then my expectations are going to be out of the, out of whack with his because mm-hmm. I'm going to be asking him to do something that's impossible. But the only reason why I know it's impossible is because I've taken the time to understand how it works. I've done it myself. Right? Yeah. So is that why you didn't understand necessarily why the people at your car dealership took their sweet ass time um, getting you your car back? <laughs> well, when you've been there like almost 10 times for the same fucking thing, tires over and over again. <sighs> now, didn't they, 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 uh, let me try it again. They texted you the other day that your car was ready. Yes, right? they did. And, then and they left the voicemail. And then what happened when you went over there? Yeah, so I, you know, after they, after they sent me that freaking, is this going now? Oh, it's going. Okay. Yeah, it's going. Yeah. Usually yeah. That's when it says stop recording, it probably means it is recording. Oh, okay, right. Because, you know, every 30 minutes we got to, you know, because the browser can't handle it. Um, 2019. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so they sent me a, a text message and a um, what's it called? A text message and a voicemail saying that my car is ready. So I go there. I go all the way out. It's like 30 minutes away. So it's not like around the corner. I have to go to that specific place. Um, yeah, and they said they didn't. They didn't know where my car was. And like, <laughs> why are you here? I'm like, well, you sent me a fucking thing. But um, the problem is with the tires. They had told me they're not doing it under their roof. They have to outsource it to third parties. What good are they then? Now, here's the problem. They're getting paid. They don't give a shit because they're getting paid. They don't have to – the third party I'm talking about, they they don't have to deal with the customer directly, the actual customer. Yeah. Because at that point, the dealership is is, is the middleman, right? Excuse me. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I know I'm boring. I didn't say (laughs) sorry. Yeah, I know. Well, I – well – I'm I'm implying that you should have said sorry. Oh, Carrie left. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So, and that's and I think that's the reason why we don't really deal with any third part. I mean, third party people. No, not really. I mean, you you have so far. I mean, with the shirts. Yeah, you have. Well, yes, yes, and no. In two cents, in one sense, we are just for the actual making of the shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in terms of the design, that's all us. And we have it down to a T. Like, I know what font, I know the, the size, the width, mm-hmm. the position on uh, the placement, I mean, on the on the shirt, um, et cetera. So all that stuff, uh, we've gone out of our way to really refine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like even... Even with like, like music, like when you brought me to that concert, right? 
you know, listening to it, like just listening to it, like in my uh, out of the speaker or in my my headphones, it was one thing. But going to take the time to actually make time to sit down, uh, not sit down, but stand and actually watch these guys play and then later go on and looking at what the message was that they were trying, like on their website, what they were trying to communicate with, with, the, with that album or with, the, with those songs. I appreciated the craft a little bit more, but a lot more mm-hmm. to the point where now I listen to them all the time. <clears throat> yeah. Which all the clients want to kill you for because they hate the music. Sorry. <laughs> it's too bad. <laughs> Listen, give them time and they will join us. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about like the, you know, I think we talked about it maybe. I don't think the last podcast, but the well, marathon. The last podcast we talked about, uh, well, it depends. I mean, there's the last podcast that we've posted mm-hmm. and then there's the last podcast we recorded. No, the, Yeah. So this <clears> will this will not be. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, right, yeah, right, 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 yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the the marathon. Okay. Okay. So you obviously didn't have really an endurance coach for that. No. You did I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Yeah, like the people that do like marathons. Know, like marathons okay. or triathlons or whatever. Yeah. Um so like we talked about this, I think, when we had um Dr. John Patrizzo on. Mm-hmm. We talked about it briefly. That was the last one posted, right? Uh I think so. Yes, it was. Okay. Yes. But um, t- I kind of want to hear – because I, I spoke to you about this, Dave. I, I didn't really get to talk. I, I watched it. So I never really – I think that's why I never really had a conversation because I watched what you what you were doing. Yeah. But I really want to hear like how you did it yourself. Okay. <laughs> I guess. I, all right. Um, well, I mean doing the marathon was something that I – I did, you know, decide to, to take on, on my own. You know, I wasn't talking with anybody about it. Uh, one day I was here. I want to say it was probably around this time last year, I was in the studio and I don't, I don't know what the hell was wrong with me this day, but I, you know, I decided I wanted to see what would happen. Like I wanted to get to like five digits on the rower. Like okay. you know, I wanted to get to like 10,000 mm-hmm. plus and I did. Um, but I didn't really know. I didn't really know what I was doing. No, you know, I mean, I know how to row. Yeah, but like, but not for that, duration. not for that amount of time. Yeah, I never, I'd never been on there for more than about fifteen minutes. You know, so I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have any direction necessarily, or instructions, or experience, or yeah, or any experience. Because again, I'd only done like you know two thousand meters, maybe. I don't even think I had done a helathon at the time, the thirty-two hundred meter one. Right. I don't think I did that yet. Uh. You know, oh, before the 10,000. Before the 10,000. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I, I didn't know, I had no idea what I was doing. I just kind of like winged it, mm-hmm. you know? And every time that I had gone on there, it was, I was learning something new. I was figuring out something else, learning another way, a more optimal way to do the, you know, the long efforts. My, my first time on there, I did the 10,000 meters. It took me about 40 minutes. I was trashed. I was dead, exhausted. Uh, and then, you know, I learned, I learned from it and I learned how to pay attention to the paces. One of the times that you went to Utah, you came back mm-hmm. and you were talking about the pace and I never really paid attention to the pace before. Right. And that, that really changed, changed the game. Like 
so much at looking at that number and and understanding what that what it means. You know, it's like, okay, it goes lower, I'm going faster, but what does it mean? You know? Um and as I moved forward with with the the ultra endurance efforts, you know, on the ski and on the bike, um, I had to learn like, what could I eat? When mm-hmm. did I have to eat it? What could I not eat? Right. Why couldn't I eat it? You know, um, and you were doing all of this trial and error. You were doing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like I you didn't, no instructions. Th- no, no instructions. And I think instructions are good for maybe building things like a, like a, like a machine or a credenza or a credenza. Right. <laughs> oh my God. That fucking credenza. Uh, there's nothing like bonding with your staff, like building a credenza at 2 a.m. in the morning. Do you remember when somebody came in here and they're like, that's not a credenza? Yeah, well, like, yes, it is. It says it on the box. It says it on the fucking box. We were looking at it and laughing about it yeah. for like three hours. Um, but the credenza is the top part of my the desk in the in the gym. Um, what was I talking about? I don't even remember now. I don't think I, I got lost on I got lost on credenza building something like a machine. Oh, so yeah, I think instructions like concrete instructions, you know, I think those are good, you know, for maybe building like a machine. Yeah, like an IKEA thing. Maybe like a recipe for a for like a for a a uh, like like a like a dish that you're trying to cook. But when you're trying to discover something about yourself, I think the directions could kind of they're kind of inhibiting because then yeah. you're because then you're not really doing it yourself you're doing it based on what someone else is to, it's someone else's directions yeah and that's something that i've definitely seen with recipes like you said uh, one of my friends his mom is like she is amazing amazing in the kitchen and i asked her one day i was like oh you know how do you like how did you learn to cook so well and she's like well i followed a recipe Right. All right. But then she said, I followed the recipe and I figured out things in the recipe that I didn't like. Right. And I changed it to what I do like. And I think it's the same with, with exercise and training. I think you have to learn the rules first. And then once you learn them, you can break them. Yes. And in breaking them, it allows you to become creative. Doing it, And I say this all the time, like in doing it yourself, it gives you an opportunity to become creative. Because the way you're going to pursue to train a marathon on a rower is going to be different maybe than how I do it, how someone else does it, uh, this person, that person, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same like with a recipe even. You know, maybe your palate is a little bit different than mine. Maybe you're allergic to one of the ingredients. Maybe um, you have a different vision of what this should look like at the end or maybe what it should taste like at the end. Mm -hmm. Or maybe what the experience should be when you're preparing it. And I think that only really, that epiphany only really happens when you take the time to say to yourself, look, like I, I want to figure this thing out by myself. And just give myself room to become creative mm-hmm. yeah. with, the, with, the, with the thing. And I know I don't know why I'm even broadcasting this but in high school yeah jumped on your head well yes i got jumped (laughs) in high school and i almost died yes that was a thing they jumped on your head 
which led to a, yeah, 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 pretty much. So, man. in that case, I wasn't doing it myself. Someone else was doing that for me. You know, I, I'm going to tell you why real quick, why they jumped on your head. Okay. It's because you couldn't run fast enough away. Yes. Because you didn't have the cheetah print leggings. You know what? You're right. I know. I know I'm right. You don't have to tell me. I know. And if we were friends back then, you would have gotten me a pair. Because mm-hmm. that we were just friends. I mean, you lived down the block from me, essentially. You to, we're on the same bus stop. Yeah. I should have became – I knew I should have became friends with you earlier. You fucked up. Yeah, I fucked up big time. Yeah, well, I told, well, I told you to fuck off. Yeah, I know. So, well, you so did. Yeah. There's always that. But I, I told everybody that. Yeah. I think it personally. You did that yourself too. You told I did. To I did off. tell yeah. you that myself. Exactly. I didn't leave you a note. Yeah. No. I no. sent someone else you to You leave it. me a poem in my locker. No, I did it. Um, so what happened to you in, what happened to you in, uh, in uh, high school? Oh, so, um, you know, after I got, you know, after getting my head stomped in and I left that high school, I went to a – Private school, oh, and you got in trouble for it. And I got, in tr- yeah, yeah, because I tried to fight back so I wouldn't die. But whatever, so, you know, <laughs> fuck me, right? Nope. So I ended up going to a private school that was, I know, <laughs> I know. So I ended up going to a uh, a private school afterwards that was um, really, um, I guess, artsy. And it was it was meant for the students to become creative, and they did not follow the standard education model, yeah. at least American, the American teaching model. We talked about this in the education. We talked we talked about this in the education podcast, but um, you know, it, and again, I don't know why I'm telling this. I'm never going to hear the end of it. But there was there were some art classes I had to take, and I had to take book binding, basket weaving. And stained glass design. Okay. So, you know, bookbinding, you actually learned how to take a bunch of pages, cut them at the proper length, and actually make a a book and bind it. And you learn different types of of binding methods. You know, you bind it with string. You bind it with glue. You bind it with a certain type of crease in the spine of the book. It was all these different things. And it was really kind of um, um, interesting. And then the basket weaving class was the same thing. And so, you know, you had to make a basket out of, you know, rattan, which is like a, like, a, I kid you not. It was like, it's kind of like a, it's like wood, but it's like, like wood. The best way I can explain it, it's like wood wire, if that makes okay. sense. It's like wire that's pretty is much. kind of like, like Easter baskets? Yes, exactly. That's rattan, okay. right. Um, I had to make one out of yarn. I had to make one out of leaves, like this special type of leaf. That, and then shop class, I think that everyone takes. We had to go out and get the materials for all of these things, and the stained glass class also. So it wasn't just here's the materials and make the thing. You know, again, they were very much you know learning for for that school to them. Learning is in the labor which I thought was really kind of cool. Like you learn through doing all the different parts of a task. So instead of just saying, okay, I want you to make a bench with this piece of wood and here's the tools. No, go out and get the piece of wood, shave the piece of wood down. So it's the right 
from this tree. So it's the right dimensions. And then start to, and it was like, wow, like all these different components, all this do-it-yourself stuff. Even the stained glass, we had to go to a, to a place. It was on a farm somewhere out east. We had to pick the pieces of glass. We had to cut them into sheets. We had to pop, not polish, uh, clean them. So you do all this stuff, all this preparation, before you even start the actual process of making the thing. Yeah, it's not like you took it like – it's not like you got like a stained glass kit. Yeah. They were, oh, no. There's no kit. And I think <clears throat> in doing that, it, al- it, it allows you to like, – it allows you to say to yourself before the process of making the thing starts, it's like, wow, this is going to be – this is going to be um, tough. So it's kind of setting the expectations up from the beginning. And I think that's kind of what they, through doing that, I think that's kind of how they wanted you to approach everything. Okay. If, if I don't have the raw materials ready, go out and get them and make it yourself. That way you're not, you're not restricted. You're not handicapped when you want to do something. If that, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, and then we had this other thing. Uh, and I, you know what? I was at the time, it, I thought it was really stupid. It was something that we did called a free write. Remember you telling me about this the other yeah, day? Yeah, we were talking about – yeah, I was telling you about this the other day. And it didn't really – I swear, it, it just clicked the other day when I was writing stuff. You know, if I, I'm always writing stuff down on the board. But you would go into class every day and the teacher would – this was the first thing you did every morning. Um, you'd come in and the teacher would say, all right, I'm going to give you a topic and you're just going to write about it to like anywhere between three and five minutes. It could be a poem. It could be a uh, summary. It could be sentences. It could be bullet points. You just have to write something. So she'd be like, Apple, write something. Or it'd be the dog went down the road. It'd be a sentence maybe. Okay, now write something about that. Three to five minutes. Then you'd have to present it to the, to the class. But it was like, wow, like it was a way for you to kind of become creative with nothing. You're taking you're, – you're making something from nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you literally have nothing. Yeah, and you had to, again, do it all yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that really helped me with my writing today because that's kind of how I write now. Like all the blogs I write, um, even the book that I'm writing currently, uh, the captions, I never really have a structure. Like sometimes I start at the end. Sometimes I start at the beginning. Sometimes, but it's always like it starts out with bullet points. Then it starts out with sentences. Then I'm looking through a thesaurus to switch out words. Then I write out – it's really like all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then it's not until like a day after where I can actually put it all together. Yeah. And then how many times when you're trying to write do you like – like you said, you'll take out a thesaurus. So you'll start looking up synonyms yeah. or antonyms. Yeah. I, I'm not really savvy with English stuff. Yes. But uh, – and then you find a word, like another word, mm-hmm. and then that's like a rabbit hole. Like you're like, it oh, is. what's just That's happening? exactly what happens. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. And then it keeps – and that's why it really takes me so long to post anything on Instagram. Or the blocks because it's like it really and I, maybe it sounds maybe it's overkill, but it really takes me a long time just to make one of those captions up for Instagram because I'm putting a lot of thought into it. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's your product. I'm gonna rush it for what? Yeah, and I'm not just gonna post things just to stay relevant. Yeah, like oh, just you, just for the sake of staying relevant. Oh, you mean you don't want to post a video of someone doing a deadlift and then write on it? Oh, the deadlift is a great exercise to activate all your posterior chain muscles. <laughs> in that voice, yeah. Like <laughs> you don't want to write in that, that voice. In that voice, yeah. Oh, it's not that voice. I know. It's, it's irrelevant. Well, wait, wait, wait. You forgot the most important part of that caption. 
DM me for details. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right? Hashtag powerlifting. Hashtag uh, summer's coming. Hashtag anything <laughs> stupid. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag candy cane chapstick. Um, Listen up. All right. I'm, I'm listening. You're going you're gonna to have real chapped lips one day. And, I know. And I'm going to have an extra one. And it's going to change your life. You, you know, I used to worry with a guy who wore – well, this, I, I, I'm, I, I, this is what I'm worried about. You're starting out with this exotic chapstick, right? Okay. That's the best way I could explain that. Um, it's, it's candy. It's exotic. What is exotic about it? <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's like like pina colada or something. Yes. Well, that's where you're heading. But <laughs> you're on your way. So he started out with that. And then it started with uh, lip balm. Okay. And then that turned into lip plumper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I didn't even know is a thing. And listen, I'm not saying there's something wrong with that. That definitely, nothing, doesn't, that definitely doesn't work. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that, but it turned into like, what the fuck? Lip plumper? What? It, and, you know, he's like, oh, I like the tingly feeling it, it gives oh, me on my lip. shit. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of, you know, and then it's, you know. But, but and again, not that there's anything wrong with that. It was just for me. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's come a, out going down a rabbit hole. Well, there's a difference between chapstick and lip balm. Yeah. And the difference is that what is the difference? Lip balm, Please I think, actu- lip balm actually moisturizes your lips, whereas chapstick doesn't actually do anything. Um, somebody told me that the other day. He goes, if you think about it, chapstick doesn't work. One chapstick lasts you for years, and that's if you don't lose it. Yeah, <laughs> Cha- one chapstick lasts you for years. If right. it actually worked, chapstick would go out of business because oh. you buy one for a dollar ninety nine, and then you're good. For years, it doesn't actually do anything until they come out with a thing. They're like, all right, chapstick sales are down. We gotta, we gotta think of maybe like chapped lips cause cancer, and then you know them down. Because oh, I feel like that's shit. how marketing really works today. It's never they're never really looking at the demand. They're just creating hysteria. Like, how can I create hysteria so I could promote the product? You all, yeah, you, know, you don't do this. You're gonna drop you know, dead. like you know, like like vegans. You know that whole thing. But we're not gonna go down that 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 you know rabbit hole yeah but, or i mean like any ad ever like yeah. it's like oh you got to get in shape or you're gonna be a piece of shit loser at home exactly yeah like, exactly right. <laughs> yeah yeah there's always like some type of hysteria that they've concocted you know and some of them are uh relevant and some of them are actually legitimate but i think most of the time it's just you know smoking yeah, it's not like it's like oh you don't take care of your health you're gonna die because yeah. that's pretty much legit right <laughs> and you know <clears throat> I, you know I, <laughs> I think what we talk about a lot too, Dave, is like how we grew up. We always we're always like kind of going back to our childhood. And what's crazy is it was right down the block, and it was right down the. So yeah. weird to think. But about. I think I feel like we're always talking about our parents okay. and how we were raised. Because I think we see what's going on now with people that are a lot younger than us, and when they come into the gym, like people that are in college, particularly not everyone that comes in here but even when we go out we see like stuff like what the fuck is wrong with this person like this would have never and then you you see what happens all right i mean growing up i mean was your was your dad like a handyman yeah he was right? yeah i mean he was my dad was a, a white collar worker you know, okay he went into the city uh, you know, five days a week. Get yeah, like a, like a desk desk yeah, job. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, he had an office. And, yeah, you know, right. in a fucking tie, and you know, but uh, <laughs> he would. Yeah, because you know, if that doesn't say professional, yeah, I don't I mean, know. Yeah. I mean, Avril Lavigne wore a tie, so I mean, there's strippers that wear ties. <laughs> That's true too. I, I think they may wear bow ties most of the time. Yeah, exactly. Oh well, you uh, would I'm know. not sure. I, well, apparently you know. So right, right, okay. 
<laughs> anyway, so yeah, he was, you know, he was a white collar worker, but like he knew his shit at, around the house. So when it came time to fixing anything, putting up a pool, building anything in the backyard, you know, like when we, when I grew up, um, before we moved to Franklin Square on that D-Day, <laughs> we lived in, we lived in, oh, beautiful Lindbrook, such a better neighborhood. Yeah. And that's not even sarcasm. I loved it over there. But you did love it. Over I did. There. Yeah. It was great over there. The kids were so much nicer yeah. over there. Right. It's because they weren't entitled Franklin Square kids. Yes. And that's honestly why. Like if I was, I was seven. I was a moron until like I was like 25. Yeah, me too. So if I, if I could recognize at seven that the people in Franklin Square were pieces of shit. Yeah. Then they must have been. And, and we're not saying the entire town either. We're just talking about our, our, our experience, yeah. our experience uh, with our, our uh, classmates. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if yeah. I say people from Franklin Square, piece of shit, I'm from Franklin Square. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and know? so, and so am I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like, so am I. it's not like I'm from, you know, a neighboring town and I'm like, I'm, I'm talking trash yeah, about, yeah. about another neighborhood or anything. Yeah. Anybody from Franklin Square listening to this is probably like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah exactly. The truth. Right. And if they don't think that, they're probably not listening. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, but when I was living in Lindbrook, uh, you know, my dad, I, I have a bunch of siblings and my upstairs was an attic. It wasn't a, uh, you know, like a furnished yes. second floor with a bunch of rooms and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, you were that kid, like your dad would throw a steak up there for you. He had you chained up. <laughs> like one of those? No, no. You never saw that movie? Okay, never. Oh, mind. that movie? No. Yeah, where they have like that one kid they don't like, and they chain him up in the basement. They throw a stake down there, and he what turned movie? into like what, a mutant. What movie is that? I, I forgot, but there's, there's a, there is a. It was like a horror movie. Oh, okay. I think it was it. The Hills Have Eyes. Maybe no, not The Hills Have Eyes. What's the movie where I think it was Chernobyl or something like that? There was yeah, I think it. Oh. Was it, it take place in? I think it took place in Chernobyl after the meltdown, mm -hmm. and like everyone there was kind of like deformed and yeah. messed up. And I think they these kids go there uh, into like the deserted town of Chernobyl, mm -hmm. and they get to the house, and there's like a, there's like a you know there's like a deformed kid over there. And they're like, oh, you mean is that, that is that a it, uh, was it in Chernobyl? I'm not sure, but you mean they didn't go into Chernobyl and then take sexy selfies for Instagram? No, I don't think so. No. Oh, I think because like it was like a horror. It was a it was a horror film. It was oh, like make okay. you know it wasn't like actual. <laughs> it was a fake. So anyway, anyway you know, uh, I mean, I wasn't born in this time anyway. Oh, okay, but you know, he had to, you know, build the the second floor. He had he had more kids. It had to be right. it had to be changed. And you know, that motherfucker went up there and did it himself. Except for the plumbing, he did everything. Now, did he teach your brothers or you any of this stuff, or no? Did he like make the attempt? No, no. Okay, he would always be like, and I'm sure so many people can because he wanted to do it. So many people can attest to this. He would be like, "Come outside and help me, like help me clean the filter to the pool." And I literally would just sit there and I'm like, are you going to, am I going to help her <laughs> or am I just sitting yeah, there? I, I, you know, and he would just, you know what? <laughs> I, I feel like that was always a thing. It was like, come out and help me. You'd go out and help them. And then they wouldn't let you help yeah, them. You and just, they just scream at you for being a piece yeah, of you, shit. It's like, it's like in friggin' a Christmas story. Right. When Ralphie goes outside to help his dad with the tire and he's holding all the bolts. And then the dad smacks the thing with all the bolts and then gets pissed at Ralphie. And it's like, you hit it. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've actually never seen that movie, but I, what? I, I've never seen it. Yeah. It's on for 24 hours. How have you never I, seen it? I, I don't know. I've never seen it. Child, and I am a deprived child. Well, you're gonna watch it this year, okay? I'm gonna watch. Yeah, so you're not watching it, no. But but anyway, you know, yeah, he was he was really hands on. <laughs> I can't say he really really taught me a lot of that stuff because again, he just wanted to do it himself instead of having me do it. I just had to watch for whatever reason. Because I, I feel like growing up too, I, I I guess I had a similar a similar um, experience, especially when I moved in with my uh, when I was living with my aunt and uncle and my and my mother. Um, with my cousins and everything, my uncle Charlie, who is, I've never seen a man who can literally watch, what is that, HGTV? This is what he would do. I never saw anything like this in my life. He would, now he worked on the railroad for his whole life, right? No, no like construction experience or carpentry or anything like that. You know, just works on the railroad. Was he a conductor or he like no a, laying track laying down? Track. Okay. Yeah, he would lay track down. So, um, in the fucking snow, like, so he would like we we would all just be sitting there, and you know, there was one TV in the house, and whatever he was watching, that was it. You know, oh, <laughs> that was it. Don't miss that. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> don't miss that. It was always HGTV, like DIY stuff. So he would sit there, this sicko. He'd watch the entire show for an hour, hour and a half, right? Of them. You know, redoing the living room and the kitchen or whatever. And he'd watch it. And be like, all right, we're going to go to Home Depot now when it was over. And he'd go to Home Depot, get all the stuff. And I know this is going to be hard to believe, Dave, but there was no YouTube back then. Um, and he would do it all by himself. Like, you know, there's people, they can listen to a song once and then do it. Like they could play it on a on another. They could listen to a song once and play it on an instrument, like mm -hmm. right after. Yeah. Like that's how he was with, with like, construction. Uh, construction. So he would literally watch this thing once, or he would maybe read it like one time, and he would literally go, make mistakes along the way, of course. Now he wouldn't do it like perfectly, but he would figure it out. And I would watch this. I'd be like. Like at the time, as a, as a kid, I was like, "This is so fucking boring. I'm tired of going to Home Depot. I have that whole Home Depot, Home Depot layout. Is hell. It's hell. It, it's hell. It's hell. My and when God. you were going as much <laughs> as I was, you never had the. There was never the same person in the same department. So like the guy that was in pipe that was doing the piping, <laughs> he was in he was in piping on Monday, and then he was in screws on Tuesday, and then kitchens on Wednesday, and then he and then it, it was the same every single time. You know, like the same, the same deal. So you, even in, with that, you had to figure it out yourself. And, you know, he would literally, and after we would go to Home Depot, after, you know, hopefully we would find what we were looking for. Yeah, we'd well, be there probably for four hours oh looking, looking for one washer. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One washer that's like a ridiculously weird, an obscure size yeah. or something. And, and, and he would, I, this guy, we dug the hole for the half in ground pool. We dug the hole ourselves. I mean, it was a a big in ground pool, a half in ground pool. We built the deck by ourselves. We built a, uh, uh, we did the kitchen. He raised the roof on the house. He did the basement. Like literally, there was nothing this guy couldn't figure out on his own in that space. Um, what's that thing uh, called? Also, oh, what the hell is it called? It goes like like a kind of in a garden. It's like uh, not a greenhouse. Not a greenhouse. 
It doesn't have to go in a garden, but it goes in the backyard. A pergola. What's there we that? go. It's 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 nice. It's like decorative. It's like a wooden sculpture. Does it have seats inside? No, 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 no. It's like um, it looks like a frame of a of a building almost. I'll I'll show you a picture. Okay. Of that. okay. Yeah, but he built that. He built a pergola. He did all the gardening by himself. It, it was like he did literally did everything by himself by figuring it out. And I think that's one of the best lessons I ever learned from him. It's like, look, like you don't need to hire someone all the time. You don't need to have the quote unquote experience all the time. Just, listen, of course it helps. I'm not saying just go and be an demolish idiot. your house. Yeah, yeah. demolish <laughs> your house. I mean, he did take the time to research this stuff, but not only did he take the time to research it, but he actually he would have to fabricate some of the stuff for the house and he would do it. Got to buy the metal, he'd buy the woody. Dude, it was like unfucking believable to me how this guy would figure all this stuff out um, on his on his own. It, it was really amazing, and I've kind of taken those. And not only did he do that, he taught me how to do it. He taught my cousin how to do it. Whether we remember all of it or not is another story. Um, and come to think of it, he actually helped me with some of the stuff in here too, because you know, he's really my, my point of reference. <laughs> he's really like the bailout guy when I'm stuck. I'm like, you know, I don't know what to, yeah, I always call him up and it's so funny. Like he has so much experience now doing himself that he like, he'll like, no, like, like, oh yeah, you need this thing. You need this tool. You gotta go, go to home Depot, go to this aisle, go. He, and he knows exactly, you know, what to do for that, that. Uh, specific thing. Well, that's good. People that work there don't know where anything is. They, exactly. And I think I've kind of taken that into the gym. I mean, even with the with the website, I literally built that website by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember watching you do it. Yeah. I mean, it took me years. I'd be like, oh, like, why don't you get someone else to do it? It's not that expensive. You know why? Because then I don't have control when I need to update something. Yeah. Because guess what? I have a lot of fucking ideas. And I don't want to call someone up where I don't know how to do it myself. And then I have to figure out the program. Like I want to figure it out by myself, do it all. Because when I want to change something on the fly, I can do it. Yeah. And then it's exactly the vision that you want. Yes. Like if you had the ability to print the Stronghold merch yourself, would you do it? I would do it. Because reason, why? Because there's a specific way that I – a particular way that I want it done and I want to look a certain way and I know what that means and I know what that takes. The only reason why I can do it is that I – we don't, have, we don't have any textile machines. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have any space anyway. Yeah. Um, but this question of content, I think, becomes important too. It's one of the reasons why we don't accept funding for the podcast or the gym in general, mm -hmm. which I didn't even know was a thing. I didn't either, actually. Yeah, because it's like, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to name any, I'm not going to name any places or people in particular but um can't do that yeah you can't do that you know god forbid anyone gets called out but you know why am i gonna allow someone to fund what i'm doing because then they control the content it's the same thing like like with my book like i don't think i'm gonna go through a publisher because then they control the the uh the content yeah and what sense is that if you wrote it and i'm not even looking to make money off of this thing that i'm writing either i just want to do it because i have i just have these ideas that i want to express in a certain way because the 
the thing that I'm writing, it's, it's going to be displayed differently. So I was like, oh, it's going to be like a fitness book where there's like a million exercises. No, it's not going to be a fitness book where there's millions of exercises. and mil- No, it's going to be something uh, different. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to say, like most publishing companies don't want it, don't want that. They want 100 best – the only 30 exercises you need to get shredded. Like that's what they want. They want the quick tip. Uh, you read it quick, whatever. It's got all the stuff and there's no, there's no substance. It's very shallow. In its in its uh, in its delivery, and I don't I don't want to do that, and because why? As, and I'm buffering that by doing it myself, um, and uh, even with like the logo too, it was like, and it, you know it was really funny because funny yeah. Like with the logo and the, when <laughs> I know, funny how, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, even with like the logo and the and the brand, not the logo, the, the branding. When we rebranded, I kept everyone kept telling me, "Why don't you go to somebody and have them do it for you?" Why? I'm like, do you really think they're gonna understand what I want? Like, are they gonna truly understand what I'm trying to? accomplish within this space i do not i don't think so no i really don't i i think the only way it's gonna actually be genuine the 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 brand is if i actually sit down and i suffer and i bash my head against the wall and i go through this grueling process until i know deep down inside it's right um could it could i have gotten maybe some food for thought from this third party maybe but it could have also steered me in a wrong direction also because i think that's what happens with the first with, with shred Corps. i think i took too much advice from other people too willingly and it was it sent me down a shitty road um for, for me anyway i didn't i didn't like what the gym became and i didn't like what the name meant um but that, but that was, that was my experience um, with with that. And I remember we were talking about rebranding, Dave, and we were just like, "What's it gonna be? Like, like, what does this place mean? Like, how do you figure that out through a third party? Something so significant as that." Yeah, how somebody that is never here. Yeah, gonna exactly. Get it. You just took the words out of my mouth. They're never here. Not only are they never here in general, they've never worked out here. They, all oh, right, you're going to look at my website once and you're going to understand. You're going to talk to me maybe twice and look at my website and you're going to really know what this place stands for. And you're going to make a website for me. You know, there's some people that have a blog. I didn't even know this was a thing. There's some people that have a blog. They don't even write the blog. They hire someone else to write the blog for them. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. And then they're like, here's my weekly blog. Really? That's not your blog. That's maybe your ideas that someone else wrote for you. Yeah, and the same thing with the rebranding too. Like, think about it. If it's if it's you know painstakingly difficult for us to think about the rebranding, we're here every day. Yeah. I'm here 10 hours a day, you're here 14 right. hours a day. How is somebody who's never here going to figure it out? And it wasn't just us either. We were consulting the clients. 
Remember we did the survey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you mean the survey that wasn't supposed to be put out? Yeah, the survey that wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. That yeah. was good. Yeah. And then we did uh, – yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and even when we went through um, Adelphi – and we did the market, the the marketing uh, venture with them, with the with the students there, which I, I loved. I thought it was great. But even in doing that, so these are marketing majors, people that have their just about to get their bachelor's and their master's. They this is all they've studied for four plus years, okay. right? And did they help? Uh, yes. Did they help as much as I thought they could have? No. But it wasn't their fault. It's just that this is a – because, again, I saw it was happening. They were looking at this as how can we brand this where this guy makes as much money as possible as opposed to how can we brand this place so it's as genuine as possible and it doesn't look like everyone else and it doesn't look like a franchise and that he's trying to, to lure people in with like a kitschy name like, you know, whatever. Something else. Like, yeah. like something else, yeah. you know. Um, and you know, again, those are people that are stunning that stuff all the time. So how do you put, how do you put a, I don't, I don't even know how to say this, but like, how do you, how do you take an idea, an actual, an idea that really means something to someone? And portray it to an audience the right way. If you're not in that space yourself and you're not doing it your, yourself. And I even said to the marketing people that from, from Adelphi, all the students, I'm like, look, like, if you guys really, really want to understand how this place works, you need to come in here. And you actually need to experience what's going on. Because I got news for you. There's people that are in here. Uh they don't know what this place is until like three months after because it takes time to understand mm -hmm. what this place means and how you're and what this place means phys, on a physical uh, from a physical perspective and a mental perspective. Right. Um, yeah. And I think in terms of training, it doesn't help to create an over dependency on the trainer. When you can help someone become independently fit and self-reliant by showing them how to do, th do things themselves. Yeah. And that comes in a lot of handy when you have these people that are coming in, you know, three, four times a week and they want to do something on the days they're not here. And you can confidently send them a complex workout and yeah. know that they're going to be able to do it. Right. And if they can't do it, what did you really do? Right. Besides exactly. bark orders. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that it saves a lot of time when I don't have to set stuff up. When I've trained the clients to say, all right, look, we're going to do, uh, I don't know, we're going to do heavy, we're going to work on our strength today. We're going to do heavy deadlifts. I'm just making these numbers up, but it's like, look, set the bar with 85% of your one rep max, do that for five reps. You know, they're going to know what to do. Mm -hmm. Now, when they go on their own, they know what to do also. You know, I, 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 
I think that people are making the trainer and like babysitting like synonymous services almost. I'm not just here to watch you work out. I'm not just here to keep you accountable. I'm here to show you how to train, not just exercise. And there is a different the p- difference. The people that exercise are just here to get a sweat going. <laughs> and so they can yeah. tell everyone else that they go to the gym and they have a trainer. It's social currency to them. Mm-hmm. People that train are here to not just get an experience that they're here to learn from this so they can apply it outside of the gym into multiple aspects of their life. Mm-hmm. So they can become independently fit. They can become more capable. They can train themselves to do other things that they couldn't do prior to coming here. Yeah, and for me, like as a trainer, I don't want to be the person that just barks orders at you and tells you what to do. You know, like yesterday, yesterday we did Dante's triathlon. Yes, I I did it with Ryan at five o'clock, and you know, you ran the class, which is a you know, an all yeah. I mean, and that's from the, the the guys I train with in Utah. You know, they they showed that to me, and that really opened my eyes even wider than they already had opened them for me prior as an endurance thing. Um, you know, so for, for me, when it comes to training on things, routines on, on certain kinds of routines, like I don't want to be the person that is just telling you what to do. Isn't teaching you anything. Isn't showing you anything because it's like a lose, lose situation. You know, the client gets nothing and it's boring. And they become a liability. Like, like think about what you did. Dante We did Dante triathlon. Yes. What did you do? While we did Dante's triathlon, I honestly I watched your pace. I mean, virtually almost nothing. Nothing, almost nothing. And it sucks, doesn't it? Other than <laughs> other than make sure that you guys are maintaining your pace, because sometimes when you're doing a longer effort like that, sometimes you do tend to do not doze off, but you tend to like space oh, out. Just spa- there we go. Yeah. There we go. Space out. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I'm doing a, a routine with my clients like that, like when I, you know, when my clients been paying their dues and it's time for them to do a halathon. God, this is the most boring hour. Yeah. I hate it. I don't even know what to do. I just right. kind of sit like uh, – Yeah, exactly. You know, scratching myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> I need something to do, you know. Right. It's a lose-lose situation when you as the trainer is showing – you're just barking orders. You're not teaching. You're yes. You're not, you know, just setting an example. You're just standing and talking, you know. Does, yeah. does that make sense what I'm trying yeah, to say? absolutely. And that's why I think the psychology be- becomes such an important aspect of this because – then what happens, the client becomes self-motivating. And that's a, that's a good type of uh, skill to really develop because then I don't need – because we all know that working out on your own is like one of the hardest things to do in the world. Oh, yeah. It really is. And it sucks. Um, but if I could teach you how to, how to bypass that, that difficulty – you become, you you know, you you start to become a little more capable, right? And I feel like when it comes to giving somebody the the capability to train by themselves, uh, what really helps is the training with an objective. Mm-hmm. It's not just okay, I'm gonna go and you know, I'm going to go into my basement and I'm going to go on the elliptical for 30 minutes. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. But you know, you and watch Dr. Phil. Yeah. But you oh, don't need to get me started. Um, you know, you, you have them 
be able to have the ability to work out on their own. And then they have like a objective when it comes to their training and to understand the objective. It's not just like, okay, you got to go do this. And the dosage. Mm -hmm. They start to develop a sensitivity for, 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 uh, for the dosage of the difficulty of that specific objective. And then I tell this, I tell my clients this too. It's like, look, like the objective for today is one objective, but you also have an, have to have an objective for some type of longer time frame. Like, look, like, all right, the objective today was to complete a hundred burpees in under six minutes. But what's the long term objective? You to did that today? No, not today. Oh, okay. No, 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 not today. We did. I did do that. The Thanksgiving, the, the, the two hour class, I did that. But. The, the, the point is now they start to develop timelines for themselves. They start to write down all of these things maybe because, look, at the end of the day, the biggest problem is always ourselves. Yeah, hell yeah. And until you start to become self-reliant on yourself where you can do it yourself, whatever that may be, you know, you're going to be uh, – you're going to be restricted in whatever you pursue because you're not able to figure – like my client – my cl let me tell you something. I, my, like Tim, right? Great guy. Oh, dropping names. Yeah, I know. Dropping names. Hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. <laughs> He's not listening to this crap. This, <laughs> like this guy – this guy's a – like this guy's great. Like one of the he, – he got a barbell that was – he found a barbell from a gym that had went out. It was broken. He went, you know, I did brought it to his place, fixed it. That Theragun, he's like, oh, I'm, he's, he looked at it. He goes, oh, I know what that is. That's a jigsaw gun, essentially, with a ball attached to it. He goes, oh, I can just make that myself. And what was the price difference on that? Oh, it was like $300 or something like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. You know, like, uh, what was the other thing he did? Uh, oh, the, the slam ball broke. He goes, oh, don't get a new one. Let me fix it. Let's figure out how to fix this thing. And he brought it in the first couple of times. I don't think it worked. But then he figured it out how to do it. And now we have a system for fixing the fucking slam balls. Oh, Savage isn't here. Pop so we, them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, when the – you know, so someone like him, he's really – you know, he's really an interesting guy. Like anytime something breaks, his first inclination is, all right, let me just fix it myself. Let me not throw money at it. Yeah. Let me, because I know, I, and I'm just going to assume this is where he's coming from. Let me teach myself how to fix this now as an investment to myself. That way, when it breaks again, I can just fix it on the fly. Mm -hmm. I don't have to wait. I don't have to go on hold on the phone and then wait for the parts to be delivered. Yeah. Hopefully, they give me the right shit. Hopefully, they don't beat me over the head with a high price. And that's exactly what we did with the bikes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we could we could take those things apart and put them back together again. Yeah, easy. Yeah, and that's one thing I really like about Concept Two because you know the 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 row and ski like they have you know I mean they need maintenance yeah. and they have million literally millions of meters on them. Right. And anytime I I've contacted Concept Two with an issue, I, I when I contacted them about the the weak pulling, remember, uh, yes, the yes, summertime, yes. You know they were like, okay, well you know what I want you to try a few things before you start placing orders for new parts. Interesting. And this is, and think about it. These are the, this, their job is to get money. Yeah. And they said, no, we don't want you to buy anything. We want you to work on it first yeah. and then see what happens, which I did. And then there, we didn't have to buy anything. 
And now you have that knowledge for later if mm-hmm. it happened to another one. Yes, which, which it inevitably will. Which it, which it inevitably <laughs> yeah. will, right? Yes. And, you know, it's, it's so funny, too, because it's like, oh, being a gym owner must be so easy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's so easy. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. And I'm like, yeah, like, you just, have, you just tell people what to do. And I'm like, no. That's a supervisor. That's a supervisor. No, I actually, they're like, well, who do you, well, like, who does your marketing? Like, I do it. Oh, who does your HR? No one. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Uh, me. Who, yeah. who does your billing? I do. Who does your, who does your, I, like, I literally do everything. And I'm happy to do it. Now, look, I have some help here and there because there's just some things that I just can't, I can't do, right? But, because, look, I think everyone at some point, even if you're trying to do it yourself, you're going to need help with some things. I'm not saying don't do it. But listen, sometimes you're going to need help. But just because going into a situation, I'm just because the situation is something I've never done before, it doesn't mean I shouldn't at least maybe try. Yeah. As long as I'm, it's it's a it's a safe situation. And there's also a difference between having assistance with something versus having somebody else just do it. Right. There's a very big difference between the two. And if you do get help, watch that person. And learn from them so you can do it yourself. Don't just say, all right, here's the money and goodbye. Yeah. Like anytime someone does something, I'm like, I want to know what's going on. Maybe that's just me being curious. Oh, yeah. Because like, no, you I, know I, it's going to happen. It's going to happen again. You know? Yeah. Some breaks, it's breaking again. That's yeah. it. Like, like, like my cousin who was helping me with uh, the, uh, the, what's it called? The, the statistics. Right, uh, right, right. Like it was a, uh, like, and the Google search and the, the search engine optimization, optimization, the SEO and the website traffic. He printed me. He printed me out this. Remember this thick file with all the. It was amazing. I was like, wait, but like, I, I said, I'm like, dude, show me how this actually works. Like, show me how you got this information. And again, it's not because I, I don't want to. I don't want to learn it, so I don't have to pay you or something. Not that I was paying him, but right. It's just like I want to know how it works for me because if I know how it works, maybe in learning how it works, I'll figure something out that can help you do your job better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes – I think that's true for um, for training too. Yeah, it, that's why we have the feedback. I, I think when you do it yourself, not does it create the creativity, but it, it, it inevitably creates curiosity. Oh, what if – oh, I know Stelios told me to do uh, burpees with this workout. What if I do split jumps? And then, you know, what if I did this? What if I did that? You know, things lead to other things, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think – I think um, – I mean, did you have any, like, closing – I almost said closing arguments. Closing arguments. I think you always go to say closing arguments. I know. Is that like the lawyer in you? That, that, yeah, I know. Well, it's time to wipe I'm, that I'm not a lawyer, but it's just from those law classes that I <laughs> took because they pounded that into our heads. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, think, I, I don't think I have anything to say, to be honest with you. Um, did you want to talk about an orchestra or something? We were talking, were you talking oh, this, about an orchestra NISMA. or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. NISMA. NISMA was a... Um, it was like a uh, wait. Were you in orchestra? It was yeah. I was in orchestra for about six years. What'd you play? I played the cello. I did not know that. Um, I actually didn't know. You look like a clarinet type of guy. <laughs> well, you look like a flute kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You look no, like, you know what you look like? You look like a triangle type of guy. The you guy that you, cut in the back with the, the cowbell, I mean. You look like, like the kind of guy that, you know, would live your life and then eventually one day you're like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to play the flute. <laughs> That's the kind of guy you look like. You look like the type of guy. I got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing you're allowed to say. That, that, that's not it. Um, yeah, so I was, in, I was in orchestra for about six years. Um, and we had this thing every year. It was uh, NISMA. It was, I don't know what the hell it stands for. I don't remember. But basically, it was a, it was a solo. Okay. Not in like front of a, you know, a, a big crowd or anything. Honestly, it was worse because it was, it was like this. It was me and it was you. Oh my I God. was playing my solo, solo. part, and it's not in like front of one person in front of one oh person. Oh my God, that's so awkward. And this person is giving me a number grade. Oh my God, on my performance. And, and how did you? Oh, I did awesome. I was, I'm mean, really, I was dirty in orchestra. I was really, really good at, at, dirty. at, 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 playing, at playing, not uh, dirty, filthy at playing my instrument. I was, I was very filthy. good. I was very good at handling You're a my filthy instrument. Filthy cello player. Yes. Filthy, I, disgusting. I, yes, I was. I was very good at nasty at handling my instrument. <laughs> You're um, nasty at that. Cello. So, are you done? <laughs> no. You know, so nasty cello. It's play. it's it's something that Hideous. you you don't have to do it. It's something you can opt for. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's not it's not something that's required. Sure. It's not something required at all. Okay. Um, it's something that you opt to do. Um, you don't work with. You know, when you when you go to orchestra class, you're all playing the same you know, song preparing for the winter and spring concerts and stuff. But this, this piece, it was specifically yours and you had to go practice it on your own time. And of course, you know, you could ask the, the orchestra teacher for help, but at the end of the day, you were responsible for this. There was nobody around you mm. to maybe it was, it's kind of like when you're in a PT, a personal training session versus a group class. All the attention is right on you. Okay. There's nobody around you to maybe take the eyes off you for a minute or to cover up if you fuck up. Okay. You know? So it's like do or die. Yeah. Like your shit needs, needs to, to be, be on point. point. It was yeah. at a, I think it was at a 28. The, the, the test was – the the thing was at a 28. 28 was the highest you could get. And, you know, you had to do it yourself. There wasn't – it wasn't back in the day where there was fucking YouTube. You mm -hmm. know, this was, you know, 2004 – 2005 like there was no i couldn't go online and like look at tips or watch somebody right. else play it or listen to somebody else play it i couldn't even listen to somebody else play it because you couldn't even conceptualize it, yeah I guess. because the only person who had it was me hey, yeah it was you <laughs> i mean right you know there was nobody else there wasn't anybody from other classes i could talk to there was only one orchestra class you know and it all had to be done yourself and you couldn't half-ass it you couldn't bullshit it i mean you could but then your grade was going to be trash um, but you had to do the entire thing yourself. I mean, fortunately it was optional. Um, but that, you know, doing that really taught me, I was, I was good at, at my instrument, but doing these solo things really kind of pushed me over the top. Why do you think that pushed you over the top? It pushed me over the top because it forced me to have the, to have the songs down, like, where I don't, I didn't even really need the sheet music anymore, you know. Because when you're in a a big group setting, even you know if it's just the, uh, you know, just like the orchestra in in your school preparing for your winter and spring concert, or if it's in like the district orchestra, okay. which you have to you know have to try out for, um, 
there's other, there's always other people that can cover up your fuck ups. You know, if I think about it, if I'm in a, you know, if I'm in a, think about it, if I'm in like a, a, a group orchestra and there's something in a song that I don't know, I could literally just stop, stop playing, playing and nobody's going to know. <laughs> there's no margin for error. Right. Do you, do you think that this is like a vulnerability thing that people don't ask for help because they feel like it makes them look vulnerable or stupid? Or do you think it's more of, I want to ask I'm I'm looking for help because if I don't do it right myself, or is it? I'm I'd say a little bit of both. It's it's, it's a little bit. It's about. probably it's probably on a case by case basis. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. You know, when it comes to when it comes to training, per, you know, training in here, um, you know, I threw my ego out on day one. I mm-hmm. walked in the door the first day I was hired. I tossed my ego out the door. So I was like, if I don't know something, I'm just gonna ask. Why am I gonna just, you know? I mean, yeah, I could just try and figure it out, but like, why? And you know, and I don't think people realize the pressure that's on me because I'm quote unquote. You got some hanging from your beard. I do have something hanging. What is it? <laughs> Did I get it out? Yeah, it's not rice. It was like a thread. <laughs> it's is, gone. Is it gone? Okay, yeah, it's gone. Now. All right. Um, <laughs> um, the the pressure that's on. And I'm not asking for you know sympathy here, but just to put things into perspective for people, the the pressure that's on me because I know coming in every day that someone's going to ask me something, which means I have to be on point every single day. And listen, there's going to be day I don't know everything, and it's impossible. Um, but there's days where it's like you know what I that person asked that question I don't know I don't know the answer, or maybe you asked, or one of the other trainers asked, or whatever. And then, like you know, what I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do some research now. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do it. My, I gotta do this thing my myself, and kind of take a step back. And I think that's another good thing about DIY. It's a reflective process. It's extremely reflective, because then it really takes you. I think it does put you in a. It brings you back to that vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. It takes it takes the mask off your armor your shield, it gets rid of all that. And then it's like, wow, like I'm, I'm a novice right now. Can I make it through this, I guess, transitional period where I don't know something, I know that going in, can I transition into finally maybe developing that skill all by myself? And I think there's a sense of like, it's almost like when, the, when our ancestors discovered fire, it was like, oh, I think there's something instinctual within us that says, I want to try to do this thing. I want to figure it out uh, by myself. And I think we kind of lost that because now information is so easily ex- uh, accessible. Where I don't really have to kind of bash my head up against the wall anymore. I have someone else to kind of put me I, – I do have someone else maybe now online that I don't even know that can kind of maybe put me in the right direction, but I'm still not – maybe authentically sitting down and saying, all right, look, like I have enough information on my own. Can I figure this out? On, can I literally just figure this out with what I have? Yeah. And, and that's an important, an important skill to have, I think, you know, and that's what I did with the, with the ultra endurance stuff. Like I didn't come to you. Had you yeah. ever done any of that crap? No, 
So I couldn't go to you. Yeah. I was fucked. I hadn't, you know, I went to nobody. I didn't have anybody to go to. Right. Um, I went, I so, went across the country to learn. <laughs> yeah. You know, so when it comes, I mean, when it comes to other stuff, like I'm going to go to you, of course, uh, you're here. I might as well. But with that kind of crap, like I, I had to do it myself. I wanted to do it myself, you know, because it was something that nobody had done. Not nobody in the world, but like. And I think those are the best things. Hell yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's wow, exciting. no one's tried. Maybe, and I'm not saying in the grand scheme of things. I'm saying maybe just in at, at where you are at a particular moment in your life as a trainee or as a whatever, as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a marketing person. It's like you start to pursue things that no one else has done. Or maybe it's considered taboo or maybe not not taboo, wrong word, but it's considered the wrong way. Like you can't, you can't, you can't do that. That's the, no one, that's, that's not how you're supposed to do it. And until you just take a step back and say, well, let me do it myself and see. Because once I have that second person there telling me that it's quote unquote right or wrong, then I, then I, I disengage from my own capability and the opportunity to do it myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I think, uh, I think we can all really learn about ourselves by, by, by do, doing it your fucking self. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing I, I think really helps people, um, to learn, to learn, you know, what they're capable of is to do something or get involved with something by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Uh, like you went to Utah, mm-hmm. you went by yourself. I mean, you've gone, you've gone with other people yeah. now, but the first time you went along. When I when I first started going back to school, I didn't I knew not a single soul at yeah. that school. I went by myself, and that's a really I feel like that's a really good way to learn how to do it yourself and how to learn what exactly it is you're capable of. You learn a lot about yourself when you're, you're doing yourself, it exactly. by yourself. You're not being like, you know, there's not your your friends aren't doing it with you to distract you. You know, it's it's just you and and the task that you're facing or the something you're trying to learn, something you're something you're doing yourself. Right, um, and I feel like that's a really uh, a really good talent for somebody to to pick up. And I think the best way to do it is literally to get involved with something that you find interesting, and you're not doing it. It's out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It's not with people that you know. you know. I'm sure you know a lot of people like that that yeah. they got to go out and do something that has to be with somebody. Yes, you know. Oh yeah. Um, it's like when someone comes into the gym, but they don't come because the friend's not here. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's exactly. like, well, why don't you just go, go yourself? Yeah, no, exactly. Who cares? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, that was it. That was all I'd say about that. That's what I say about that? Okay. Yeah, that was, that was it. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think like, there in, 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 there he is. Yeah, welcome by. Oh, man, that guy looks nuts. Um, <laughs> um, oh, boy. You think, I was worried. It looked like he was going to come in here for a second uh, and ruin the podcast and the gym. Yeah, um, yeah, because that's what would ruin the podcast. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Not us being. Honest, uh, but yeah, I think uh, he's gonna ruin the whole gym. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, but I think you know. In conclusion, I think um, I think do it the do it yourself mentality is something that's underutilized. It's underrated, and I think people don't understand. Not not understand, but they're not taking advantage of. Uh, the outcome and the effects, the, the positive effects of it, where you, it becomes a reflective process. It becomes an investment within yourself. So you, bec- you can become uh, more self-reliant, more independent. 
And uh, you can start to, it allows you to become creative, uh, gives you an opportunity to be curious. You could start making something from nothing, which is, you know, what this gym is. I made something out of nothing. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's where the value uh, lies in, in that, um, in that mindset. Yeah. And I think that, you know, everybody is capable of creating yes. something. If, I mean, if they're interested in it, obviously. But I think that's that's where your your capability really shows. Like what you are capable of is to go and get involved by like just by yourself. Yes, and also um, apply as much candy cane chapstick as possible. And make sure when you're doing it yourself, you are wearing our uh, beaver print leggings because they build yeah because they build they build dams oh yes so if you want to build and create you got to get our beaver print leggings yeah they're just brown they're just brown yeah but uh we're considering putting like a you know a tail on it yeah we have a tail yeah maybe teeth in the like by the waist area (laughs) no that no that might be a little perverted (laughs) no 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 not in the crotch area by the waist (laughs) uh uh, so yeah make sure you guys uh pick that up on the uh and look out for those in the catalog of uh, stronghold brand leggings. Yeah, yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think. Well, you know, what? I have an idea for that, but we'll, we'll talk about right. that. And they come, if you if you purchase them, they come with a complimentary used candy cane chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I'm, where I'm going. At. I, I don't know either. So we're gonna stop this now before we really is get ourselves a, in trouble. Is this a, hold on. How many times did you have to stop and start? I think three. Three. So this is an hour and 40 minutes. What time is it? It's 3.04. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I kept you. Uh, No, I have to be here at 3.30. Oh, okay. Do you think anyone is actually still listening to this? No. I think – actually, I'm going to be real with you. I think everybody that was listening to this is still listening to this, yes. I think we have pretty – we have a good – cult following people yeah. that decide they want to listen to this can right. we get mike falcon on a podcast please <laughs> you know i i want to but i'm a little I, I i would i am i would i embrace him with open arms but I'm, I'm 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 worried that you know he might get a little actually yeah you know what yeah fuck it yeah, yeah put you on the spot yeah yeah Let, right. yeah i i would not mind i i just worry about what he's gonna say but you know that's you know i mean if we're Whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. I'm done. Goodbye. Goodbye.